1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the final Dynasty Coaches episode before the football season starts back up. Finally, we have football. I am your host, as always, Coach Dylan, along with my co-hosts, Coach Nick and Coach Charlie. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing good. Good to be here. It's nice to get all three of us. Heck yeah! It's I been know, a we've long been time. Been since kind of busy been lately,
0: so.
1: So. We got a good show for you. We're going to go over a couple of news and notes here, and then. Uh, we got the NFC tight ends uh, for the last episode here before the season starts. Uh, we did the AFC tight ends last week, me and Nick. So we'll go ahead and get started here with the uh, fantasy news. All right, first news item here, Texans sign O.J. Howard. Um, it's been a surprise because Brevin Jordan's been on everybody's list as a possible breakout tight end this year. Um, do you think it's still possible? O.J. Howard was that first-round draft pick way back in, what, 2017, six, 18, something like that? So what do you guys think? Do you think he's the new tight end, Owen?
0: Well, I think this was kind of just a let's get as many weapons for Davis Mills as possible <laughs> so we can make sure last year wasn't a fluke. Um, in terms of fantasy, it's not a good look for, for Brevin Jordan because uh, he's got those two. Are obviously, going to be sharing time together, and it's very rare for fantasy for two tight ends to succeed, especially on the same team. It's just not something you see all the time, unless you're on the, unless you're on the Eagles, of course, way back when. the yeah. yeah, Eagles and Patriots. Are, I think the only two teams we've ever seen. Right, and so it's I don't know. Can the Texans going to replicate that? I mean, my my guess would be no. no. So I think this is going to harm both of them because they're going to they're going to split. It's good for Davis Mills, but not really good for anyone
2: else. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. I think it's going to be good for for Mr. Mills. I think it's, it's like they're trying to make sure that they give him the tools necessary to go out and succeed that way when he doesn't or when he does, they can say that they supported him and they know what they have now. I think this is more of a testament to their wanting to know what they have in Mills, not so much in what they don't have in, in Jordan. So I think long term Jordan's your your long term solution. I don't think Howard's going to spend uh, the rest of his career or whatever what have you there. I don't think he's going to make an impact that he takes away that concrete number one spot.
1: Yeah, I hear you. The Texans got to make a decision on Mills this year because they're probably not going to have not going to be very good this year and have a high draft pick next year. And there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out, so. We'll move on here to uh, next news item here. Dawson Knox gets the four-year extension, uh, $53.6 million uh, for four years. First of all, impact on Allen, and then, I mean, this is obviously good for Knox. Does he move up in your guys' rankings?
0: Yeah, I have Dawson Knox uh, in the back of my top ten, and I think Mm -hmm. it solidifies him there for me. I was considering moving moving him down a little bit for a couple other guys I had. Um, But – him being locked into Buffalo, having Josh Allen throwing him the football, loves him in the red zone. We saw it for a nice chunk of the season last year. So that's nothing but good news. And, you know, a tight end position, touchdowns are what makes you unless – you, unless you're unless you Travis Kelsey, you know, or, you know, one of the, those top three, top four tight ends, touchdowns yeah. are a premium. And Dawson Knox is the one who's been getting them. So having Josh Allen, you know, for four more years, finding him in the red zone is nothing but good for me. So he's top ten still.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think we said that uh, last week when we kind of discussed some of our, our tight ends. Austin Knox is definitely, I mean, he's not, not top five. He's probably somewhere in that, like, seven to eight range for me, that back end of the top ten. But, no, I think this does does nothing necessarily to improve his positioning, but it really does solidify where he's at in that, in that ranking um, makes you more comfortable drafting him or trading for him. Uh, if you have a possibility for trading, what we talked about last week, go out and trade for the guy if you have the chance. And now this just makes you all the more confident with, with pulling that trade. I agree with that
1: hundred percent. I'm much more confident in going out and trading for the guy. Now that I know that he's locked up for the next four years. So, With the best quarterback in in football right now. So last news item here, Um, Zach Wilson, we found out uh, due to his injury in the preseason, he's out until at least week four. Joe Flacco will be the starter in New York. What does this do for Garrett Wilson and uh, all the other weapons in New York?
0: Well, um, I actually like this for Elijah Moore um mm-hmm. because in that period where zach wilson was out last year he and joe flacco share a bit of a connection together in a few games they got to play so there's yeah. a familiarity already there yep. um so i think he's not really harmed as much i think he kind of re- retains his standing maybe he gets a little bit of a boost but i think that might hurt garrett wilson and some of the other whatever other weapons they have a tight end i forget what they have a tight end um CJ uzama. yeah uzama and uh I think Jeremy Rucker, the guy they drafted out of Ohio State. So it, it doesn't do much good for those guys, but I like Elijah Moore. I think it solidifies him as a, as a back-end wide receiver, too, for me. Maybe a little more potential for something else um, for those first few weeks, at least. So he's someone I'd be comfortable starting in my lineup as a flex, or as, a, like I said, a second wide receiver. Um, but I wouldn't put too much trust in anyone else. Except maybe, um, I want to see how the running backs play out, too. You know, what the Hall-Carter split looks like that's going to be the big thing we find out who's going to get a lot of the targets that person's going to become an instant flex play for me because joe flacco is not the most mobile quarterback in the world he's going to dump it off the running back's going to get some catches
2: so that was the exact point i was going to i was like all right charlie took the wide outs he took the ball throwing we're good there i'm gonna go to my concern and nick i stole your thunder my man i'm sorry no, you're good, big dog. You're good. We're, we're all going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what we're here for. So that that was my my point exactly. Was who Who's going to tote the rock, right? Because Blacko is not a spring chicken. He is not the young man he was when he was in Baltimore, right? He's he's taking some damage. He's taking some time. And, and father time waits for no man. So he's not going to be slinging that thing all around everywhere. So wide receivers, yes, I like the connection with Elijah Moore. I think it hurts literally literally everybody else except for him. And it's going to be a very good thing for our fantasy minds because we'll get to see who is going to be that clear number one, right? Is it going to be Carter? Is it going to be Hall? I think this takes that pressure off of Hall and off of Carter, but really mostly Hall to go out and be a monster right out of the gate because he's not going to have to compete with all these other talent and all these other targets now the ball is firmly in running back rooms court it's going to be up to them to figuratively and and non-figuratively drop the ball right so we're gonna we're gonna really see what you get at those two running backs so I'm, I'm excited to see what comes from hall I'm actually glad i took him and in, in all of my leagues
1: yeah, I agree with the running back sentiment. Uh, I think it's good for them because the team's going to lean more on that running game, like you said, um, at least in the four, first four weeks. But, you know, I'm going to play Dell's advocate here. I mean, with the pass catchers here. <sighs> Have we seen enough out of Zach Wilson to say that he is 100% like loads better than Joe Flacco is <laughs> right now? I mean, even if he was to stay stay healthy for 17 games, he was only on pace to finish as the 24th ranked quarterback last year. Yeah. So, Uh, is it that big of a hit? Yes. Why? (laughs) What? You you kidding me? Why (laughs) though? I I get it. I get it. But Zach Wilson has the youth and he has the arm strength and all that. But we haven't seen anything out of Zach Wilson yet to to tell us that he's going to be good for Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson.
2: So, so Flacco, uh, along with the youth, along with the arm strength, along with the running ability, along with the athleticism, right, along with the raw talent, is, is lacking the fire, right? That's the reason Wilson got hurt in the first damn place, is that he was pissed that he had a bad series. He went back out there to prove something and it ended up costing him but flacco doesn't have that Flacco's not going to light a fire under your team and get them motivated to go out and win a game
1: but he's not going to turn the ball over like zach wilson does
2: okay and how did that work out for first
1: line is pretty good last like year with, with, on fire <laughs> i'm just saying i don't know how much of a hit it is at quarterback I, obviously it's a hit going from zach wilson to joe flacco but I don't know if it's going to be a huge, huge difference. I haven't seen enough out of Zach Wilson to say, holy cow, this is detrimental to the receivers. So we'll go on and move on though. Um, move on to our uh, topic of the week, the NFC tight ends. We'll start with the NFC East. Cowboys, Dalton Schultz uh, finished his tight end three last year in PPR. Um, he had 104 targets, They lost Amari Cooper this year. He's probably going to be the number two target in Dallas right behind C.D. Lamb this year. His targets probably will go up. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I think this puts him in top five territory again for another finish as a tight end. Like you said, uh, meaning, you know, not a lot of solidified options behind C.D. Lamb. You got an unproven rookie in Jalen Tolbert, and you got the often injured Michael Gallup. So, need a reliable target for Dak Prescott. Up steps Dalton Schultz. Did it last year. He can do it again he get his opportunities in the red zone and in between the sticks. You know, tried and true. It's just going to be a repeat top five season for him. Don't really need to go too much into it.
2: Yeah, I agree with Dalton Schultz. I mean, he's, what, one touchdown below Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey and all of mm-hmm. those, like, god tight ends. He's he's mm-hmm. literally one touchdown off of them. Now, the big difference is the receptions. And like he just said, that's going to go through the roof here with his, his targets, his receptions. I mean... I I, yeah. If if you got him, hold on to him. Obviously, if you have an opportunity, dumb enough getting rid of him, then yeah. If the price is right, grab that dude. But could
1: could we be looking at a hundred catch, thousand yard season? Yes. Yeah. Matt, I agree with everything you guys said. I I mean, he's definitely top five for me. So move on to the Giants. Daniel Bellinger. Um, Put him because the other guys aren't looking like they're gonna be anything. Ricky Seals-Jones, not looking great. You got so, Ricky, really, do we see a Pat Fryermuth type uh, season out of him?
0: Yeah. Speaking as someone who has been paying heavily attention to the Giants, you know, much of, my, much of a detriment to my uh, personal well-being as that is, <laughs> um, Daniel Bellinger has been one of the bright spots. He's been looking good in camp. He didn't have a drop his senior year at, in college. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Ricky Seals-Jones got cut, had a really bad camp. Um, injuries to the other members of the tight end room, so that kind of leaves Daniel Bellinger. Um, and he, Daniel Jones is going to want a reliable guy because there's a lot of question marks in that wide receiver room. There's no it's, it, arguing with the talent, but every single one of them except for Wandale Robinson has injury concerns across the board. So having you know someone like Daniel Bellinger can kind of step in right away and be maybe a bit of a safety blanket because the two were connecting in camp quite a lot. And um, I don't think we're going to see, you know, anything crazy out of him this year. But um, like a top 15 bottom of the top 15 tight ends this year would not shock me.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about this young man. But from from what you're saying there, it sounds like he's got infinite potential and and really nobody in his way to proving that potential. So it, it sounds like it's up to him. It's his ball to drop and we'll see what he can do with it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna depend on Daniel Jones. Can he take that next step? Because there's a lot a lot of mouths all of a sudden to feed in, in New York. Uh you got Galladay, you got Tony, you got Wendell Robinson, now you got Bellinger, still has Sterling Shepard whenever he comes back, Saquon Barkley. So who's gonna take that shot? I mean Bellinger could be at least a red zone threat at, at the very least, and we've all said what tight what touchdowns do for the tight end position, so to move on here. Eagles, Dallas Goddard uh, finishes tight end eight. Um, he still has Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, but he they added A.J. Brown for him also. So now the Eagles are looking at A.J. Brown, um, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard. What do you guys think? Does he have top five potential?
0: Uh, no, not top five, but I do think a, uh, another placement like in the eight or nine or ten range is Definitely likely. Um, having another weapon in A.J. Brown does take away some targets and opportunities, but it also opens up more opportunities mm-hmm. in, in the same sense. I know that sounds kind of weird, but yeah. having you know two high-profile wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith will take more of the defensive attention away from Dallas Goddard, meaning that he'll get his share of opportunities, especially in the red zone, which I think will be enough to supplement the lack of the, you know, the decrease in targets that I'm expecting to keep him in the back of the top 10 for tight ends.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think it it would be fair to kind of put him in that 9 to 11 range, maybe right outside the top 10 or just inside the top 10. Um, His targets are going to go down. It's inevitable. But like Charlie said, the nice thing, especially in that red zone, It's going to open up opportunities for him. So his targets may go down, his receiving yards may go down, but you are going to see a a fairly significant uptake in his touchdowns. So is that going to offset? I I don't know because it depends on on how far down his target and his receptions drop. But more touchdowns for the tight ends, like we've been saying this whole time, is 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 better, better and better. So
1: I agree. I. I think he might be closer to five than 10. I mean, I don't think he's going to be top five, but like six or seven, I think he's going to finish. Um, I'm a bigger believer in Jalen Hurts than most people, though, so I think he's actually going to take his next step and be pretty decent um, for for fantasy throwing-wise. So, but we're going to move on. Logan Thomas here um, finishes tight end 45, but he was hurt a lot last year. Um is he still the number 1 tight end on the Commanders cuz they got two young tight ends that I think they drafted John Bates last year and Cole Turner this year. So it kind of seems like they're trying to replace him maybe. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I think this was tight end insurance because of the injuries that Logan Thomas has suffered. So I think that all when all said and done if he's healthy and he's playing on the field Logan Thomas is going to be the number one tight end because of his experience and you know his production in the past. They're the you know the Commanders are just preparing in case of something else happening and having depth in the position is never a bad thing. Um, so if he's healthy and he's ready to go, I think Logan Thomas can be a top 15 tight end without a problem because sneak into the top 12. Um, but I'm not ready to put him above some of these other guys yet until I can see that he's, you know, back to what he was.
2: Yeah. I think I struggle with this one just because there's a lot of factors that go into this. Like Charlie said, the draft picks that's, that's positional, you know, security. I get it. So you you draft John Bates because Logan Thomas has injury concerns. Cool, I understand that. But then you go and draft Cole Turner. So you've drafted tight ends back-to-back years. That starts to make me wonder as a player, what am I doing wrong? These guys are having to continually bring in talent, not just through free agency, but they're actually investing draft capital to bring people into this room to, to do something with. So there's a concern there. His injuries are obviously a concern. And then for me, the biggest concern is who is throwing him the ball? That That's my concern for this season with Logan Thomas. He has a healthy season. Everything's great. He plays every single game. Is he going to approve upon these dismal numbers? Obviously. Um, start talking about top 15, top 12. I, I don't know. I don't know if he is going to get there not based on his own merits, but based on the merits of the individual pass ball to him.
1: Yeah, I'm not big on Logan Thomas really at all this year. I'm trying to stay away from all the commanders, tight ends, Um, really all the weapons outside of Gibson and McLaurin. I'm not big on any of the other ones. But we've seen Carson Wentz be decent for tight ends, at least in Philly. Do you think – I mean – Maybe possibly the tight end position is the position that might thrive in this offense with him.
0: I'm not, I'm not sold on that. Okay. Not with the, you know, the resources that were also just invested in wide receiver with Jahan Dodson. And mm-hmm. they had invested a draft pick in Brian Robinson at running back, you know, before yeah, his unfortunate, um, the unfortunate incident that happened to him, you know, hope he yeah. gets better soon. Yeah. But it seems like, you know, running back and wide receiver were the positions they really want to invest a lot of draft picks in. Yeah. Because they want to make those better for Carson Wentz. So I think tight end's not really um up there on the list. All right. But that's just me. Moving on
1: to the NFC North here. Um, the Bears, Cole Komet, uh, finishes tw- tight end 21, but he's looking great in preseason right now. Um, it seems like he has a pretty good connection with uh, Justin Fields. Uh, he's going to be that number two option, I would think. On the, on the Bears this year, Is he, does he have possible top five potential?
0: Thank God, do I hate the Bears and what they have going on over there. But, boy, do I love Justin Fields and Cole Komet. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bears. what everyone's saying about Jalen Hurts, I don't see why Justin Fields, you know, doesn't have the ability to take that similar leap break out. I mean. The rushing potential, you know, improvement as a passer – I can see it. There's just obviously not a lot around him, so it might not show as much, you know, besides Darnell Mooney. And then, and then number two option is going to be Cole Komet. I'm just convinced, you know, like you said, meaning, you know, camp was great for Cole Komet. I've been trying to get shares of Cole Komet where I can, because if he's being drafted, you know, that late in the tight end rankings in the twenties, I mean, that's just, you're going to recruit so much value on that because I am convinced he's going to be a top 12 tight end based off of me. Even if nothing else, uh, volume alone, they don't really have a red zone guy. So and it's, it's going to be him. Yeah, I, I, I'm banking on a Justin Fields breakout.
2: You know, I I've always liked the play of Fields. Um, I've liked his progression. I've liked what I've seen out of the kid. Losing Robinson, losing some options there. I think that you could absolutely put commit in the top fifteen conversation. Maybe a little bit higher up that towards the the number ten. But I'm going to keep him top fifteen for right now. Um, and about 93 targets. That was a lot of, of targets for a tight end, realistically. He's up there at 15, top 15 for average targets, I would imagine, if not a little better. So let's see him do a bit more with it. Let's see him get those red zone targets and, and bring them down and get those points to count. And I think he's going to have a great season, great, great season.
1: I agree. I've been, I've been trying to get a hold of Cole Command now for – last couple weeks I mean he's he's starting to become unbuyable right now with uh his preseason performance but I mean go out and get him if you can because I think he's probably going to be the next top five tight end out there I mean we could be looking at a Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz type season where they kind of came out of nowhere last year um for it so We'll move on to T.J. Hawkinson. Um, finishes tight end fifteen last year PPR. He's he was drafted above Noah Fant in their rookie uh, class, right? I believe yeah. he was.
0: Yeah, Hawkinson was eight. I think Fant was. Yeah, like right after that. Are we
1: ever going to see him live up to his potential? I mean, tight end fifteen is. I think he has top five upside, but like, will we see it? <laughs>
0: If he's healthy, he was on pace for it last year before he got mm-hmm.
1: hurt. He's just—he's—is he—is he injury prone? Can you can you slap that title on him?
0: You can slap that title on a lot of players. Yeah. So I try to avoid using that label unless absolutely necessary. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've heard a lot of really really good things about the Lions' camps and and their seasons. I've heard a lot of really good chatter coming out of that area, so. I think that he has a lot of upside. He's got a lot to prove still, but really the onus of proving that is 100% on him at this point because the sounds of it, the team's gelling, the coach is gelling, everybody's on the same page, and if he doesn't go out and produce this year, I think that'll be on him.
1: I was looking at Jared Goff whenever he was with the Rams. I believe 2019 was Tyler Higbee's best year, and he finished his tight end nine. Do you think we can do you think he can finish better than tight end nine right now with Jared Goff at the at the QB position?
0: I don't see why not. I mean, the Lions have, I don't know, it's not talked about if the Lions have one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, they've wanted yeah. to build through the trenches and they've the done front. that tremendously well. You know, with the with Frank Rag now, the drafting of Panay Sewell, you know, they've built a very strong front five to protect Jared Goff. And you know, we've seen it and you know before when he led them to the Super Bowl. If you give Jared Goff a competent offensive line, he can make the throws and get the job done. And he has the weapons at his disposal to do so. TJ is one of the better ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. I think I hope I hope we see TJ Hawkinson
1: break out um and be top five potential that we know he has. Um he's just gotta stay healthy, man. So We're going to move on here. Packers, Robert Tanyan uh, finished tight at 50, but again, he was hurt a lot of the season. Um, Is there any world where Robert Tanyan leads the team in targets? He's got the report with Rogers.
0: Unlikely. Um, I've talked about this before. when the Packers have come up, I think this is kind of going to be a ride the hot hand week by week basis type of thing. At least those have been the reports coming out as well. Um, I just think it's going to kind of be Rodgers spreads the ball he doesn't like I said he doesn't have the Devontae Adams anymore he doesn't have the one guy he can continuously feed the ball to um, but I do think Robert Tongan if healthy is going to you know see some, some a chunk the majority targets in the red zone and I think that's where his value is going to come into play because he was a top tight end in fantasy you know a couple of years ago because of how much he was targeted in the red zone and the touchdowns that he scored yeah he's finished fourth in 2020 so yeah you know if he gets the targets and he gets the opportunities you know if he scores touchdowns that's going to be his thing because he's not going to be relevant in fantasy if he doesn't score touchdowns
2: i don't know you 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 know my feelings on aaron Rodgers and yeah
0: we we don't we don't need to go into that you love him right
2: pretty pretty much anything to do with green bay um (laughs) I was ecstatic. I, I found our Lord and Savior again when uh, Devontae Adams decided not to sign with them. <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, this one's hard for me. I don't I don't think that a tight end will be the number one target getter in, in, in Aaron Rodgers' lead offense. No. I guess I'll answer your question and, and keep my opinions to myself <laughs> all right we'll go to move on here irv smith jr
1: with the vikings he uh was everybody's breakout tight end last year until he got hurt in the preseason and or no got hurt in the preseason right last year um right now he's probably fighting for the number three option in that uh passing game behind behind Jefferson and Thielen maybe even forward behind Cook. Um, what do you guys think about Irv Smith?
0: Another year, another Irv Smith Jr. breakout potential season. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like they have been saying it forever now, but he just has not been able to stay healthy. Um, the potential's there, big body for the red zone, but not really someone I'm willing to go out and make my starter on a week-to-week basis. He's an intriguing, you know, Second option at the tight end position if I grab a you know a good starter early, um because there is some obviously you know breakout appeal with a with a much more pass heavy offense with Kirk Cousins under Sire, so there's some intrigue but it's not really. I'm not gonna get him the start but I'll i get him to be a tight end too. Let's leave it at that.
2: So in in my my dynasty league we start. Two, two tight ends, and we. I usually carry three or four, depending. I always keep a rookie guy on the roster every year just in case he breaks out, and then I keep that one vet that I've been keeping an eye on, and then I have my two committed starters, right? So this year I, I've got my Goddard, i got Hawkinsons, they're my two starters, and then I have Irv Smith hanging in there in the third spot because just like Charlie said, I don't want to throw him into my rotation every week with that kind of uh, – hopeful reliance upon him because i don't think he's there yet um but i am definitely going to hold on to him since i have space and the ability to do so because do i think the potential is there yes i do do i have faith in that potential right now no not yet
1: yeah i'm not i'm not huge on him either i do think that uh I mean, we heard Justin Jefferson earlier in the offseason saying this is no longer a run-first team. So that, to me, says they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. Um, But he's a guy that I'm stashing, like, if you can still stash him on taxi, on the bench, whatever. He's not going to be my starter. I don't even know how I feel about him being my number two right now. I think uh, I'd rather have a lot of other guys to be my number two. Safer, I guess, but... I don't know. We'll see. I think he's a breakout candidate, definitely, but I don't know how how much of a breakout candidate. So, going to move on. NFC South here. Falcons. Kyle Pitts is he the number one tight end in dynasty in football right now? I mean, Ridley is suspended for the whole year, so it's him and uh, the rookie, Drake, um, Drake London.
0: What do you guys think? He's still two two mark andrews is number one in my book okay and mark andrews is going to be number one in my book until something until kyle pitts uh you know has a better year than him you know simple as that i know i get there's the age difference you know he didn't he had a solid year last year not spectacular but mark Mark andrews was incredible and he's the obvious weapon of choice for lamar jackson and has been so that's gonna be good enough for me in that retrospect at least but Number two, I mean, he's still, still going to be incredibly good as Kyle Pitts. He's the obvious number one choice in uh, Atlanta. He just has a really you know, crappy quarterback situation, which I think is going to hold him back a little bit. And he's probably going to be double-teamed, if not triple-teamed, a lot of the time um, because there's no one else there besides Drake London.
1: Is he number two in both
0: Dynasty and Redraft? Two in Dynasty, I would put him towards the back of the top five in Redraft because I think I would rather have Kelsey –
2: Kittle, maybe Waller, ahead of him. I, I agree 100% with everything that, that Charlie just said. You know, I think Matt Ryan there, maybe you look at kind of like a 1A, 1B situation with Andrews and him, with the uncertainty at their quarterback situation, even with him being the only target there, I think that that clearly puts him at number two, right? Um, like Charlie has always said, he's going to get points through, volume right he's going to be a volume point person but i just i just don't know what type of season he's gonna have because he's the only threat until drake london reveals himself as a threat and that they have that that that's it so i mean if i'm a defensive coordinator i'm pinning people to this kid and that's gonna be the entire night um, i'm gonna pressure the quarterback flush him out and then i'm gonna pin people to kyle pitts like flies to you know what so um i think it hurts this season it hurts his numbers but of course he's going to be a by the volume type of player so he's going to see numbers he's going to get yards i don't think he's going to get a an ungodly amount of touchdowns so for a tight end he's clearly in in the number two to mark andrews and i actually actually wouldn't be surprised if he fell to the bottom of the top five
1: I'm going to say he's probably in redraft, bottom, top five. Like you said, probably four or five. But I'm going to say Dynasty, he's my number one. I mean, yes, they're going with Mariota and Ritter this year, but they're probably going to be the worst team in the league, I would think. So you got to start thinking towards the 2023 season, and they're going to get one of those uh, two top – QBs next year, I believe, and CJ Stroud and uh, the kid from Alabama, Young, Bryce Young. Um, So, I mean, the guy, we haven't seen a talent like him in a long time at the tight end position. I mean, he's a tight end. He's a wide receiver playing tight end, ultimately. And I think that one receiving touchdown that he had last year, I mean, that's what the hell. He's 6'6", 246 pounds. I mean just throw the ball up and let him let him stand there above everybody else and catch it. So I think that the TDs go up for sure this year. And I I have him as my number one tight end dynasty. So I love Mark Andrews, but.
2: My my other issue here, I is, is look at his targets to receptions. I mean, he dropped his almost half his targets. Either he dropped it or they were just off the mark or they were not catchable, but still almost half.
1: I agree, but he's still a rookie. Last year, I mean, as as good as as good as Kyle Pitts
2: was, him as tight end Jesus, and then you're going to give him the rookie excuse. I agree. I agree. He's uh, and think about that. Those were all
0: with Matt Ryan under center. And I, I agree. Know, I agree. freaking I Murder agree, but at the Monday
1: same country. time, at the same time, he's still a rookie, so we have to we have to oh. still throw that in. We still have to throw in the, the fact that he was a rookie. He's learning how to play in the NFL. He's learning a new offense. He's learning how to beat NFL linebackers, safeties, whoever's whoever's on him. He's had a off season now to where he's completely, he knows he's the, he's the guy. He's had an off season to learn Mariota, learn the offense that was new. I, I think we're about to see, I think Kyle Pitts can beat the double teams. I think he can survive against a triple team. I think he's that type of talent.
2: So along that same argument of the rookie excuse, could you mm-hmm. not give Zach Wilson that same argument versus Joe Flacco?
1: You could, yes, you could. But okay. at the same time, but at the same time, we've we've seen very solid production from Kyle Pitts in his rookie year. Zach Wilson was not great last year.
2: Nah. Zach Wilson
1: okay. was not great last year. Kyle okay. Pitts finishes number six tight end. I mean, you know, I... tight end
0: is a notoriously weak position in fantasy. That's the weakest position. That's such a... That's some... Weak still, right there, still... I would take... I would take the number
1: six tight end over the number 30 quarterback.
0: <laughs> I mean... Wilson's show mean, flashes, and I don't know. I thought he was injured pandemic, too. I feel like if you're going to make excuses, We get to make excuses for Zach Wilson. I, I agree. I agree. I, I'm going to say Zach Wilson has the potential to be good. Right.
1: Well, I'm just we saying that, at this point of his career, I don't know how much of a downfall it is from going from Zach Wilson to Joe Flacco at this point of his career.
0: Okay. Now, so potential,
1: you. yes, there's, there's a lot more potential for these guys with Zach Wilson. I mean, my my problem. But I think the floor comes up with everybody else.
2: My issue with with this comparison here is that if I gave you Zach Wilson and said Zach Wilson threw the ball three hundred times last year and only connected hundred and fifty times out of those three hundred times, you would look at him and go, "That dude's a bust. He's only connecting on fifty percent of his passes. He's a bust." Yeah. And you're going to look at Kyle Pitts and say, oh, well, he was a rookie. That's why he dropped half of his passes. Well, wait a minute. Now there's something to be said about that. Look, I still believe in the guy. I think he has incredible potential. Everybody should be drafting him if he's there in front of him. But th- there's something to be said about dropping <laughs> half passes. Or, or maybe they're uncatchable and they still count it as a target. I get it. But what's the rule? If you can put a hand on it, you can catch it.
1: All right. I'm going to look something up, but we're going to, need to move on here. <laughs> Adam Troutman Saints your Saints talk about your freaking yep. uh
2: yep your break out
1: tight end here Nick that everybody hey, you thought was gonna you- do
2: last year and didn't do it let the fandom lead the way may the fandom be with you yeah yeah um I don't know I don't know I feel like I said last year was supposed to be easier and then it didn't happen either so I I, I just don't know I think that if there was going to be a time for him to break out, it was last year because now you've got Olave, you've got Landry, you're getting Thomas back. Like, he's getting just absolutely smothered. And then they moved Payson Hill to tight end officially on the roster. So, I I don't know. I feel bad for Troutman at this point. I think he is a, a good kid, had a lot of potential squandered his year last year unfortunately it's really not his fault because his quarterback was supposed to be famous Jameis, and that ended up not working out either so i don't know i think he's gonna be mediocre i think he's gonna have a a good but not great season i wouldn't be shocked if he ends up in like the top 25
0: i'll uh i'll bow to the superior judgment of nick since (laughs) i really haven't uh don't, not too too familiar with uh, Adam Trotman since I know he, he did kind of get screwed over last year um, but the same like you said the Saints have a lot of weapons so I kind of think he's just going to get buried
1: I think he sucks just because he's in New Orleans <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he's definitely a, he's definitely a breakout but I don't know we, we said that last year to beat everybody in the ass so uh
2: huh we'll go
1: on to uh Cameron Bray with uh Buccaneers he's got Tom Brady this year he's i mean he's shown decent uh stats with tom brady um in the past what do you guys think I mean tight end thirty is that closer is he closer to tight end thirty or can he have at least tight end two potential
0: yeah, I think he could sneak up there um in the right circumstances, but it's going to be tough because there's a lot of weapons in Tampa Bay. You know, you got, you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin. um, You got Russell Shepard, you know, they brought in Julio Jones as well. Not to mention they drafted Kate Otten as well. Gave themselves another option at tight end. So, and you obviously have Leonard Fournette and they drafted Rashad White too. So, you know, a lot of mouths to feed um, in the passing game, you know, is there going to be enough for Cameron Bray? It depends on if he wants to have another Gronk like guy in the red zone. Obviously not the same as Gronk, but you catch my drift, a big body in the red zone, and, you know, maybe Cameron Rape is that guy. And that would be the only thing that could push him into tight end two territory for me. Otherwise, it's kind of a stay away, not really a guy I want.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm going to add one last thing to all of the the detriments that, that Charlie put up there, and that's the mangled offensive line, right? Um, oh, yeah. They've had some injuries there. They had some free agency things go down. That offensive line is not what it's been in, in years past, where Brady's gone out and done incredible things with with a good O line in front of him. And I just don't see this being Brady's year. I think this will be the year where we kind of look at Brady and go, "Yeah, Brady looks like he's forty five or forty two hundred, however old he is these days." Um, How
0: the many
2: retires? He, so. I think this will be the season that pushes Brady to retirement because, and like, I'm actually retired, retired, not I'm going to go to Disneyland and think about it retired. Um, Yeah, he's going to be under fire. That O-line's not going to hold up. He's going to be getting rid of that ball quicker. It's going to be checked down after checked down, and it ain't going to be a tight end. Uh, Do
1: you guys think Kid Auten, who
0: they drafted, is going to be a threat at all? I think he's a a, a nice little sleeper pick for Dynasty. Um, But other than that, I really don't know too much about him. I don't know what his deal has been going on in camp at all. So
2: I'm kind of just watching and waiting to see what the first couple games hold. I agree. I, I think I would hold him in that kind of fourth spot that I told you guys about on my Dynasty team where I kind of keep one of those rookie guys in reserve to see if he's going to do something just based on the fact that he is with Tom Brady. I just don't. I again that O line scares the hell out of me for him.
1: Right. I, I I agree. I am not really targeting Brady, but I mean, we all say tight end Our touchdowns are extremely important for the tight end position. Tom Brady throws a lot of touchdowns, so at least for this year he might be somebody to at least really stash and he might get something something big from him. So Move on to the NFC West here. Um, Cardinal Zacherts, is he – once Hopkins comes back, is he going to be anything? Plus, we have uh, Trey McBride, who they drafted, I believe in the second, third, somewhere around there. What do you guys think? Is he still top five potential where he finished last year?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to get a top 10 tight end. is not a Zach Ertz. Trey McBride really hasn't flashed too much in camp. They kind of been just relegating really him with the backups for now. He's there, but he's not really too much of a threat. The um, Cardinals are kind of in that win now push, so they can't really rely on, on rookies. Um, and then you even bring it in, you know, pieces to help Kyler Murray. They just extended Kyler Murray. Um, so I'm. Um- I'm convinced that they're going to rely on the vet and Zacharys was good in those games that he played with Arizona last year, and he's a proven weapon for uh, Kyler Murray, and can just be him and Hollywood Brown for those first six weeks to start off the season because of the suspension to you know DeAndre Hopkins, and I think those are the weeks where he's going to push for you know top five tight end, and he's probably going to drop back a little bit after that, but I still think he can end up the year as a top ten tight end.
2: I agree. I think they 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 showed a lot. And and what they asked of him when he stepped into their team, you know, midseason or however far into the season it was, um, no time to get to know people, no time to to really get his feet underneath them. And he he immediately started making an impact. So um, I wasn't very impressed with Hopkins season last year, to be real, real frank. So I think there's a lot of potential. I think there's more potential than than most people think. They just see Hopkins and know what he did in Houston and go, oh, my God, there's nobody else that's going to catch a ball down there. But I I really think Ertz is going to have – I agree with with Charlie. He's going to be top 10. I think he'll be top five. He might hang around there for that first season just based on volume, but he will be a top 10 maybe in that six to eight range for me.
1: Right. I think uh, I mean I ju- I just traded Ertz away, but it was more just I'm trying to get younger on this team. I think he's actually going to be going to be pretty good this year, especially the first six games. I think uh, you're going to see probably top five out of Ertz this year in the first six games, and then I don't think he's going to drop all that much um, when when Hopkins comes back. I think he's probably going to still finish top ten at least top 12, be that number one uh, tight end for you. So moving on, Tyler Higby finishes tight end 14 last year. Um, The Rams are such a good offense. He's probably going to be that number three target on the team behind uh, Cup and Robinson. What do you guys think about Higby? It's –
0: I think he has some potential to finish in the top fifteen. Um, but, I, uh, you know, the tight end hasn't traditionally been overly successful with, um, with the Rams over the past few years. I think there was that one season for Higby where he was really good for a while. But other than that, you know, it kind of really hasn't been anything special because um, they really do just like to load, load all the targets into their wide receivers. So I think, you know, Cooper Cup's going to be Cooper Cup. Al Robinson's going to have a resurgence. And, you know, Van Jefferson isn't going anywhere either. I think he kind of steps in as that third weapon of choice. So I'm just with the mind that Higby's kind of going to get relegated a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think Higby is is a benefactor of what we've been talking about with a few of these tight ends is just the sheer volume of of passing that goes on in this offense, right? The ball's got to go to somebody. It cannot go to up in Robinson every single time, every single play. He's going to get his targets. As long as he makes most of his targets, he's going to be a relevant tight end. So I think he will remain in the top 15. I wouldn't be shocked if he finished right where he finished last season. Um, Mostly because, again, you look at his numbers, they're not shockingly good, but he's got good TDs. He's got a ton of touchdowns for, for the tight end position. If he can keep that up, maybe increase that a little bit more, He's definitely, for me, in that kind of, I don't even know, top three target, but top four, top three, he's going to share that load, and I think they're going to have a good season. I have heard literally no one having a better offseason, a better preseason, and better camps than than the Rams. They've, everybody is saying that they had just an amazing, amazing offseason, so hopefully it's good news for every every one of the ball catchers on that team.
1: I agree. I th- I think the Rams are one of the best teams in the league. Um, my big thing is, does a healthy Cam Akers take that number three target on the team out of the backfield? So, I don't know. Higby is probably probably top... Definitely, he's, he's number two tight end for me. Definitely top 24, but it might be closer to 20 than it is 12 for me. So... Moving on here with our last two here, George Kittle, 49ers. He finished tight end four. That was with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's Trey Lance now, maybe. I mean, Trey Lance gets hurt, still got Jimmy. But, yeah, Trey Lance uh, stepping in as his number one quarterback now. You got Debo and Ayuk. What do you guys think? Because George Kittle still got the top, top five potential.
0: Yeah, um, he's probably the most reliable target in that offense, in my mind. He's the, the big safety blanket for Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is going to want that. You know, so this is essentially going to be his rookie season um, coming into the league. because He just had that one game last year. Um, so I think, you know, that, you know, not enough targets to go all around. So I think that is enough to secure Kittle still as a top five tight end.
2: I agree. I think Kittle is going to be both a, a victim and a benefactor of the system he's in. Um, as long as they can keep Trey Lance from, from running when he gets pressured in the pocket and, and, go through his progressions, I think that'll benefit Kittle in the long run. Um, I mean, there's nothing that feels better to a new and or rookie, um, quarterback than to have a good, strong, reliable tight end. So I think that's going to just, all of that is, is beneficial to Kittle. He's going to continue to be what Kittle has always been.
1: I agree. I think uh, it's actually actually a hard thing to pinpoint because, like you said, Lance is going to run a lot. And typically whenever we see quarterbacks that run a lot, they don't check down. It's more like a throw deep to the receiver or take off with the ball. So I think George Kittle still has top five potential, but it scares me a little bit to think of Trey Lance just running like crazy constantly. So hopefully we – hopefully he's able to sit back. I mean, they still have a pretty decent offensive line in in San Francisco to protect him. So um, we'll see. You've been hearing reports out of camp of the Brandon Ayuk breakout this year. He's looking really good in camp. Debo is Debo. I mean, Elijah Mitchell's still there. Hopefully – Trey Lance can support multiple weapons. So Um, let's go to move on to Noah Fant here, our last tight end uh, traded from the Broncos, finishes tight end 12 in PPR last year. He's going to be that number three option uh, behind Metcalf and Lockett. Does moving to Seattle just completely kill him for you guys?
0: I mean, yeah, he's really not going to be good for this year it's kind of clear that the Seahawks are following the Falcons pattern. They're just going to ride with, you know, whatever, a quarterback and then hope for one of the the big QBs next year. So uh, for Dynasty, I'm fine, absolutely holding on the fan and just, you know, stashing him on my bench until he gets a better a better situation at quarterback
2: because I do
0: believe that's coming sooner rather than later for Seattle. Um, but this year, he's an absolute wash, you know, considering that Geno Smith, the quarterback, that's not going to support a lot of weapons. That's going to be good, you know, for a week-to-week basis, DK
2: or Lockett, you know, it's kind of going to be it. I agree. I mean, I don't think there's a whole much more to add to that. Um, draft League, stay the unholy hellfire away from him. If you've already got him in Dynasty, cool, hold him, stash him, and, and hope better since next year or seasons to come. But, yeah, he's he's not going to be a person that I put in my lineup this year.
1: I agree. He's one. The Seahawks are probably going to be the second worst team in the NFL. It's probably the Falcons and the uh, Seahawks is- one, two for the worst teams. Uh, So you're probably looking at Bryce Young or um, Ohio State's guy, CJ Stroud, uh, as their quarterback next year. So definitely hold on to him in in, uh, Dynasty because he's still young. He's only like 24, I think, 24, 25. But this year he's going to suck. So I want to go back one second to this Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews debate. Um, I just want to say last year they both had the same amount of drops, three. And if you give Kyle Pitts the target share that Mark Andrews got, he still catches 94 uh, 94, uh, footballs. So he's sitting at 94 for 149, Mark Andrews 107 for 149.
2: Not that far off, man. Not that far off. He had 110 targets and only caught 68 balls. You give him
1: the production that uh, Andrews had 149 targets, he's sitting at 94. Well you 94. can't guarantee that. But he's but he's on pace. That doesn't
0: mean shit. No, it does. No, it, it doesn't. Does. It means we're really projecting. We don't actually know.
1: <laughs> it means everything. <laughs> the Saints suck, the Giants suck, we're gonna get out of here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, get all out of here. Oh, my Broncos are so good. <laughs> yeah, I love Devontae the Williams. Fuck I love Devontae. <laughs> hasn't got any shred of respect.
2: All right, guys. Uh, we're done. <laughs> I Thank only like the Broncos in. because Ciara. All right, that's the yeah. only reason I'm liking the Broncos. I'm
1: just saying, Russell Wilson's a very lucky guy. <laughs> we are going to uh get out of here. Uh That'll do it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Um we're going to have a couple episodes, couple of weekly articles coming out uh, during the season, uh, a couple more episodes at least. Um, so make sure you guys tune in for that, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week one.
0: Thanks for tuning in, guys. Enjoy the season. The back is not far fat. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like loopers, scoopers. Lulu's analysts Don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act. internet Sh like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this, nuts is legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like i'm running track listen up jack i'ma head back back to the blowin that blowin that blowin that go